men, you know, when we grow up in a society where we're told that, you know, men can't express emotions or men don't cry, men should always keep like a strong face and never feel like anything upsets them. Yeah. That makes it so challenging to set boundaries because you feel like you're stepping out of your identity. You're stepping mm. out of who you're actually meant to be. The that's Uncovered crazy, Podcast with Nick and Femi. This is really, really it. Yeah. Surprises. And another surprise is for the whole episode, I'm going to be speaking a different accent. Okay, so what accent are you talk speaking in this language? Like right now, I'm from London still. You are get you from me? London? Yeah, this is yeah. be such a terrible podcast to listen to, man. Please, let's not say that to the audience because people are going to automatically tune out. That's crazy, bro. Because like, because you know, you're from, talking Canadian now. I thought you said... What are you talking about? I'm from London still. Oh, okay. Now, now, like, now, now you're bringing it back. Okay, no, but, okay, 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 okay. But you know, I can do a Canadian accent here <laughs> because the thing is that the, the accents are quite interchangeable, but like they're, yeah, they're yeah. kind of similar still, yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, but for like on the real thing, man's yeah. from London. South no, big man, team, pick, a, pick an accent. Right. Stick to the accent this whole podcast. I say no more, we'll that. So right. what are you citing? Because you've changed right, twice London, now. So London, London still? London, London. I bet we can have a conversation like that. I don't mind. But it's crazy because like most of my family is from like London. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same, same. South Kennedy. Have you been before? I have a few times. What part? What part? South. Oh, you've been all over? Oh, yeah, I'm from London, bro. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. So where you been in Sydney? You've been to South. You've been to South Sydney, like, obviously, man. Yeah, that's a fair enough question. That's why I answered it, innit? Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Let's move on, innit? Yeah. Yeah, my guy, go. talk to me. So, obviously, in this episode, we back another one of the classics. And this time, we're going to be talking about healthy boundaries and actually establishing healthy boundaries because I know that a lot of us, especially myself included, can be a challenge, right? There's times where you feel like, you know, Oh, I don't want you to do this. Oh, I'm getting pissed off because a friend said this. And we're going to kind of explore that in a lot of details because I think that establishing healthy boundaries is so, so vital, especially mm-hmm. in friendships, relationships, or even just for yourself. We want mm-hmm. to be able to establish that safety zone. So by us getting into it, let's kind of just first talk to the audience and define like, what do we actually mean when we talk about setting healthy boundaries? That's a great question, my guy. Like, I think the craziest thing when you're talking about healthy boundaries and them things, don't you? <laughs> Shout out to the queen and them things there. <laughs> Yo, Meghan Markle yeah. and all them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. Nah, but in terms of healthy boundaries, bro, like, it's what we always talk about. It's just, it's really, it's that, it's that container kind yeah. of analogy that we're talking about. It's like that safety and being able to understand within that safety of like, okay, well, this is okay, this isn't okay. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And just having, having, okay, this is, this is where we're going to play. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're playing soccer or you're in a ring, in a boxing ring, mm. there's like, you, I can beat your head anywhere within these rings. Yeah. But when I step out of it, it's a completely different rule. Mm. And it doesn't mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. So it's kind of just establishing that in that relationship. It's like, yeah, when we're in this confinement, we can do whatever we want. But once we like, once we go out, it's not okay. You know mm, what I mean? Like this, mm. there's, there is a line that you're crossing yeah. and certain things are okay in one situation, certain things aren't okay in another. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the big thing with that is that that's perfectly okay because I think that we get upset when we say like, yo, my boundaries have been crossed or yo, I don't like it when you do this. And I think the cool thing about boundary setting is like you were saying, it's that zone of safety. But I also think a big part of it is actually identity driven because what you start mm. to realize is that for yourself, you know, this does, I don't like this. This makes me angry. This makes me upset. This makes me happy. You're kind of understanding yourself in a whole clearer picture. 
So mm. establishing your boundaries and understanding where, like you said, this is my ring outside this ring pisses me off when you say this makes me angry. Yeah. It's just giving you a lot more of an opportunity to actually understand yourself a lot more and actually mm. understand how it is that you want to be showing up in this friendship yeah, or well, in this relationship. What do I like? What don't I like? Exactly. Like, what am I okay with? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think everybody like, it's like, I think sometimes we assume that what I'm not okay with, I should feel bad for not being okay with yeah, that. Exactly. So therefore I have that guilt around it. But mm. in actual fact, there's a lot of things that people aren't actually okay with and that's perfectly fine. That's what it is as being human beings. And I think that that's such a core area that we need to understand, which will allow people to get a clearer picture about what boundary setting actually is. 110%, 110%. So it's like, long story short, you, it's, it's cause a lot of the times when we're getting frustrated, we're getting angry. It's not just because we're crazy. It's not because mm. we're just like out of this world or silly. It's more just because it's letting you know that your boundaries are being crossed. Mm. Anger is a perfect example, right? Of mm. my boundaries are being crossed, right? Mm. Like I might get upset at you, for for saying certain words about mm. me and that's a boundary it's like we can play and banner and have fun but once you do this i find that too far yeah and that's good feedback to know for yourself i was gonna say it's it's, it's excellent feedback because mm. a lot of times there's things that we're not even going to know that pisses us off or makes us angry exactly. um and now you know so yeah, now exactly. you can put that to your list of like, okay, well, this is what I don't like and things from there. So it seems like a big component of this obviously comes down to self-awareness and us being mm. able to kind of understand self in this whole kind of play. Yeah. So why do you feel then that people kind of struggle to set boundaries? Oh, cause it's hard. Yeah. You know I mean, like that's the, that's the simplest way mm. to put it. It's like, it's a very tough thing to do that because it's like, you have this fear, you have this fear when you're setting those boundaries, usually people that you love or people that you care about. Right. Um, that you're scared to lose them. They're scared that they'll stop loving you. They're scared that there'll be some kind of consequence. Mm. Overall, you're just scared of the consequence, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, let's say for some, let's like, you take the example, right? If you had a telemarketer come in there and ring you mm. and start abusing you yeah, on yeah. the phone, yeah, yeah. right? But who the hell do you think you're yeah. talking to, bro? Are <laughs> yeah. you feeling okay? Nah, and you say, there's no way I'm going to let you speak to me like that, right? Yeah. You're much more likely to say that because you have no kind of fear of the consequence associated with saying, I don't like you saying this to exactly. me. Compared to if it's your partner, mm. your best friend, mm. your your boss, yeah. all the people that you care about, you're unable to set those healthy boundaries because of the fear of the consequence. Yeah. So it's obviously hard. And that's just, um, and that's, it's a, it's a big thing. It's not an easy go home and change the world, change your whole world mm. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And even if we look at it from like a, like a trauma basis and we look at like the conditioning that we had growing up, a lot of the influence from our external environment and the people that we brought into our life, they kind of set us up to how we actually meant to show and act in this world. Mm. And especially as men, you know, when we grow up in a society where we're told that, you know, men can't express emotions or men don't cry, men should always keep like a strong face and never feel like anything upsets them. Yeah. That makes it so challenging to set boundaries because you feel like you're stepping out of your identity. You're stepping mm. out of who you're actually meant to be. And even on the inverse as well, or the whatever. Yeah. Even with women, I think that women mm. really struggle with this in terms of like, you have to be this nurturing, supportive person 24 mm. seven. You are the, you are also the backbone yeah. of, of so many organizations and situations. Mm. So they're like, when, what, so that means oftentimes like when their kids ask them to do something, they don't say no. Mm. When their partner asks them to do something, they don't say no. Mm. When they when anybody, even then it transfers into their work life. Yeah. They're constantly doing cycle. shit. Yeah. They're yeah. constantly doing shit that they hate and they don't want to do, mm. but because it's been ingrained in your conditioning that I have to be this person that is 
supportive and being there and doing stuff. And this is the only way I know how to do it because I'm scared of yet also my conditioning, but also I'm scared of the consequence of Mm. it all. It's so problematic. It becomes like this massive cycle, as you said. Yeah, exactly. And I know that we've spoken to a lot of clients as well when people would say, okay, when I've tried to actually make a change off the back of it and people obviously get the response that they wanted because setting boundaries is a skill as well. Mm -hmm. Even though we're all entitled to be able to have our own boundaries, it's also really important that we understand how to communicate that, how not to offend people and all those type of things. But what I was actually trying to say was that when I'm speaking to clients and they've tried to- Clients on what are? Our, our pay, our program. Oh, yeah, on our program, the one that we have like oh, 5,000 clients. Yeah, on rechargewellness.com.au. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Click get started. Exactly. Yep, $32 exactly. a week. Yeah, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that one. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to be clear. be clear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we also have different options yeah. that are much Yeah, yeah, that one. That one. Okay, yeah, that, that, those clients. Yeah, so. <laughs> those clients. Yeah. When those clients try to implement something like this, and then it obviously doesn't go the way they wanted, because obviously we expect that people are gonna be like, oh, you've never been like this before. Like, what does this actually mean? Da 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 da. Then they try to go get support, like from mm. their fam, from their family, their mothers, the people that can give them that given them that condition. They're like, oh, well, maybe you're actually out of line here. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done this. And it makes it hard, especially when we're just talking mm. about that cycle that is perpetual. It always happens. And it, you really need like a very safe environment and you need to have that strong will to be able to do that. Yeah, I think you said something that's perfect, man. Having a safe environment because, mm. you know, it's so easy to say, go set up these boundaries. Mm. But the same way that when you, you know, you set up boundaries or you set up a wall across your, you know, a fence across your your house or mm. your country or your state, there's hard work involved, mm. right? It's, you don't just set it up there, you know, exactly. you have to build it. It takes time. You have to dig the soil. You need to put things in place, set mm. perimeters, and people are going to try to knock it down. Exactly. And it's just about building a stronger and stronger boundary. So mm. it's very clear. Like, you know, the wall of China is the perfect example. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, you, they would have, I don't know the history of it, but they probably would have tried a million different things before getting set on this massive monstrosity of a, of a, of a structure to keep yeah. them out because that's what they needed to do to set that kind of boundary. Exactly. So I think that like when you're setting those boundaries, it's like, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of skill that needs to be developed to be able to effectively communicate your desire for boundaries and safe environments. 100%, 100%. So I'm guessing like what majority of the audience are wanting to hear is like, okay, well, this is all well and good, Nick and Femi. Like, thanks for letting me know how hard boundary set it is, but what do I actually do? How do I actually set them? If I understand that my boundaries are constantly being crossed and yeah. I want to start to be a bit more assertive and I want to be able to set my boundaries, mm. how do I do it? Yeah, I feel like the best, there's a, there's a few things about boundary setting, right? It's, it is abstract. There is a lot of abstract um, elements involved in it. However, there is kind of like clear formulas as well to be able to do it, right? And I guess like from an abstract kind of perspective, it, a lot of it needs to come from your ability to communicate and communicate effectively. Mm. Um, so it being able to kind of like get your message out of, uh, in a way that is re- that is received well, you know? Mm. And I, bet, I think the best way to be able to do that in a bit more concrete, tangible way is the I feel I want strategy. Yeah. So so it's basically just saying, look, I feel blah, blah, that you hate me or you're disrespectful. Mm. Whatever your mm. feelings are, make sure those are, those are bad examples of what you should say because the feelings should be very clear as to what you're feeling. Yeah. I feel like you're not respecting the fact that I'm da, 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 right. Yeah. And I would want you to back me up a little bit more and blah, blah, blah. You mm. know what I mean? Exactly. Which are perfect ways to be able to say, it's like, look, 
And then you have, you now have positioned yourself that you can be like, look, I'm not saying you're doing anything. I'm not saying that you're intentional. I'm not saying that you're a bad person. I'm just saying, this is how I'm feeling that you're doing something. Mm. This is how I feel about it. Exactly. And what I would want to see out of this is this, but let's have a conversation about it. Exactly, exactly. And I even think even before you then go into that communication piece, like you were saying, you need to kind of know what that is. What is it that you're feeling? Mm, mm. So it's really, really important that we actually define like what is that boundary that's been crossed? Because a lot of the time, you might not even actually know. There might be a whole so many pieces to this puzzle that are going on that you can't actually articulate what it is that you're feeling or mm. why this frustrates you or why this makes you sad. So it's really, really important before you even get into that step of communicating, because that's a great skill, but you also want to have the awareness and giving yourself the permission to kind of understand what yeah. it is that I'm feeling, define yeah. it so you can articulate it because someone can understand because the hard thing about emotions is that it's intangible. Yeah, exactly. You know? So we can't actually, like, I can't just show you it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I have this many angers. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's, so you need to be able to communicate it so the person can receive it in a exactly. very clear way. And then when you move into the I feel I want strategy, it's a lot more receptive. Of course. It's like I can understand it, mm. be clear about it. It makes sense. You know what you want off the back of this. And that's great. Mm. We can then move on from there, which I think is excellent. Yeah, and even, before, even doing that kind of strategy as well, the hardest thing about it is that it's good to have the tools and the skills to do it. But you need to also give yourself the permission to feel like I can actually establish boundaries and yes. that's okay. Yeah, that's, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Me saying no, me feeling upset by you doing this and no longer you wanting to continue it anymore, it's perfectly okay. That's your right. Mm. You have the permission to do so. And I think that's a really, really important thing when you're going through this, this process of wanting to establish some boundaries that we understand that at the core, being like, yep, this is my given right. It doesn't mean that you need to be arrogant or a prick about it, but you just understand that I don't have to tolerate that. And that's yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. I think there's a lot of like strategies in terms of assertiveness, mm. assertiveness training. Cause I think there's a lot of people become victims, right? Mm. To their circumstance because of their inability to assert their boundaries. Exactly. I think it's a very important skill to have. Mm. So anyone that's going through that, I think that you should definitely seek a bit of, like a bit more support in terms of how to, um, how to actually do that. And speaking of being able to seek support, um, <laughs> we're going to just go to a quick little ad break and we'll teach you, Zach, we'll tell you the, the best next steps on how to actually seek, seek support. So see you on the other side. It's a tough time and you're looking for some support. Maybe a podcast is not the best place for you. Yeah, exactly. And mental health can be a bit tricky and support should always be personalized. So we created the Recharge Program to do exactly that. So the Recharge Program is your one-stop shop for all things mental health support. It's an online program that allows you to have the best and most experienced clinical experts at your fingertips without the intimidating kind of setting of a clinical approach. Exactly. So this is how it works. We match you up with the best counselor for your needs. You get one-to-one -one time with your own mental health nurse, over 200 plus minutes of content, weekly workshops with us, and guest experts in different fields such as emotional eating, anger management, addiction, and more. So usually this will cost an arm and a leg, but we've worked really hard to give you payment options for as cheap as about 30 bucks a week. So if this resonates with you, jump onto rechargewellness.com.au and click get started to talk to our team and see if this is right for you. So that's rechargewellness.com.au. Uh, cool. So we concluded about talking about staying assertive and why it's so important and that it's a skill that we, you know, we need to learn. But why do you feel like a lot of people struggle to, to stay assertive? And why do you feel like this is actually so, so important that people take the time to learn this skill? Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were saying. It's the fear of the consequence, right? Mm. It's the fear of the, okay, all right, so let's take it a couple steps back. 
innately as human beings, we primarily want to be loved. Everything we do in terms of the way we interact is all from a deep sense of desire to be loved. And mm. People think that we don't realize it, but it is at the end of the day. You yeah. wear clothes because you want to be loved. You talk because mm. you want to be loved. You brush your teeth because you want to be loved. You shower because mm. you want to be loved. Mm -hmm. it, it sounds really like over the top and a few steps behind, but that's like the deeper reason for mm. it. So when we're assertive, it's going to go against that, um, the smoothness mm. of being able to achieve that goal. Yeah. So that that obviously kind of like breeds fear um, in terms of like, okay, well, if I do this, as I mentioned earlier, if I do this, okay, this person is no longer going to love me. Yeah. And then that's obviously scary and mm. your brain is wired to keep you safe yep. and they will tell you not to do it. Exactly. So um, that's kind of like the simplest way to articulated I guess probably yeah. not the simplest way but it's a way it is a way and I think that's a you've you've nailed that pretty clearly because like you said we want to feel loved innately that's why we do a lot of the things that we do sometimes we think we just do it out of habits and it's just like yeah that's because that's what everybody does but there's actually a deeper reason yeah I feel like it goes to like the the, the thing about like people pleasing mm. let me ask you because I know that like let me ask you do you feel like you there's ever been a time where you were really because you've mentioned it on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I wanted to ask you. You've got to say something you. a little bit different. So I was going to just word it the way you were going to word it before, yeah. eh? Okay. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Like, that's what I mean. Like, when I'm trying to change my ways. You're about, yeah, because you were a people pleaser before. That's what you were going to say to me. Because you were a self-proclaimed people pleaser yeah. is what I was going to say. Yeah, which is fine. But I'm just like, why did you change it? Because I was trying to be nice. What's wrong with that? Nothing, but I was trying to be nicer. Oh, okay. Yes. Different. 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 Yeah, 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 I'm different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long story short. You're a little bitch. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I'm joking. But like you were, you obviously like your software came people, please. So yeah, what, yeah. what was that kind of experience? Like? And what was your thought process as to why you were doing that? Because I don't think you're that at all anymore. I think you're quite the opposite. <laughs> and not the complete opposite. Not the complete opposite. But, you know, when I, for, for me, when I was, because that, that stage for me was a bit more like earlier in my life, like more when I was like in high school, like in primary school, going into high school, that was a big thing. And I think my thought process, and again, this comes back to conditioning because every time I grew up going to African parties, hanging with like parents and stuff like that, I was always conditioned to be like, don't say what I actually feel, like just be nice to mm, people and let's mm. not create any conflict or arguments. And obviously that then continued on for the rest of my life where it was like, yeah, okay, right. well, we just want to be a family that's, you know, very... We just want to be a family that's just like, we don't create any beef. We just, we're just here. We do our thing. We're nice. We're polite. That's all it is that we did. And that was kind of how my upbringing was. So yeah, anytime yeah. that I would say something. Good intention. Kid, Very good intention. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was, well intentioned. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the things that we do always comes from like, or not all of the things, but some of the things that most of us do come from a good intention that we yeah, think yeah. of. And I think that, you know, obviously off the back of that, because I remember when I was a kid, when I would ever, you know, just young, loud mouth, say whatever you want. I would then go out and just run my mouth and say something that then had an impact on what my parents kind of image was perceived to be. So then I would get home and I'd get belted. So then I was taught like, don't run your mouth like that because you're damaging the reputation of the family and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. And that obviously left onto my adulthood or me being a teenager. So growing up when I was in high school, like a lot of the things that I would do for people like my friends and family, obviously I had good intention and I love my friends, but there was times where I'd be exhausted and I got all these responsibilities and things that I'm doing, That's but sad. I would still do it. Cause I thought that if I didn't do it, then A, my reapplication that I built up being this nice guy, this person that's happy, just very relaxed and chill, it's gonna be tarnished if mm. I then say no to this or if I don't give this person money and I don't do all these things. Give people and, money. Yeah, give people money. Not like money as like give them money, but as yeah, in like, yo, money. like, I give you money, 
to be honest. No, he did. I did, yes. I did. That's it. <laughs> but not really giving money, but it's just like buying people stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this paper. Taking you out, like, like putting yeah, you out, sorry. Yeah, exactly right. And I mean, it all still comes with good intent. I would still do it, but there was obviously an element where I knew subconsciously that I'm like, well, you know, I don't really feel comfortable doing this, but I wasn't assertive enough to set that boundary. So when you were doing this stuff, did you know that you didn't want to do it? And did you know that you were doing it just to keep this person happy? I don't think I had the clearest awareness that that's exactly what I was doing as much mm, as I know mm. now. But I think that ideally I had an awareness that I didn't want to do this. Yeah. But then I think the the brain is interesting because it will kind of convince yourself reasons as to why this is okay and why you should of course, do it. Yeah. Um, that's the interesting thing about our programming is that it's like we feel like we can always justify things and make it make logical sense so that we don't feel bad yeah. about this particular action that we've done. So that was kind of like what I would kind of justify it on. It's like, mm. oh, it's okay. Like, you know, it's not a big deal. Well, he's done stuff like that for you before. Da, 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 yeah, but yeah, even though, yeah. And it's not saying that it needs to be reciprocated of directly, course. but it's just like, you get to a point where you can feel like if you're being overly used, then it's like, you can, you can so at some degree have an understanding that that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like, like, yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah. kind of a thing. And obviously it so, comes back to the root of what you're saying. It was that, desire to want to be liked, that desire to want to be loved, that desire to want to have mm. friends and people that you can speak to and you can be relied on. Um, that's where it was being fueled from. Yeah. So what made you actually change? I know that you mentioned previously, like people influ- like people have like taught, well, well, mate, we're bringing it to your psyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ultimately things start from your, like things ultimately change when you decide to change. Exactly. So where, what was it that made you actually change? Because it wasn't like you had a conversation with someone and you're like, I'm enlightened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna change my whole life. Yeah, like, yeah. what was the, what was the, what was your moment? What was your aha moment? Yeah, I can't really think of an aha moment. I think what happened was that obviously you're hearing it multiple times. Like you were a big guy that was saying in my ear and amongst other other people as well. So you hear it for a lot of time. Again, you still try to justify it in your head. But then I think there was a time which kind of goes back to the first point I was saying about like my identity and who it is that I actually am. Mm. I think that when uh, I might've been listening to like a video or I don't know, I might've been in a particular moment. I can't really forecast a full image for you guys but I was watching something and it came back to come down to well who are you at your core at the end of the day yeah you're not going to be able to please anybody regardless who are you at the end of the, at the, end of the day who am I at the end yeah. of the day well that's a big question but I have three core things that I like to kind of pinpoint everything that I do my values on mm. one of those things is connection I feel like I'm somebody and I can and the thing about it is that these terms mean so much they're just like a term but I'm just, I'm not going to go ahead and expand on them. Of course. But the one thing that I think is that I'm obviously think that I'm, I, I thrive on connection and being able to connect with people in a very intimate kind of way, platonic, romantic, those type of relationships. I feel that's something mm. that I, I thrive for and that's who I am. I'm somebody that loves growth. I'm like the ability to kind of learn, go out of my comfort zone and do all those kind of things. Yeah. And I think ultimately I'm a compassionate dude as well. I can yeah. give the space and hold space for people and be that container of safety is kind of who I perceive myself to be at the moment. And that's kind of how I do things these days. So then going back to your question, I think that when I was able to kind of understand, you know, who I am at the end of the day and be unapologetic about that, that's then when I was able to make that shift. And that shift wasn't extreme being like, you know, I'm going to cut everybody off and I'm not going to do that. But it was just more Mm -hmm. being able to be like, okay, look like I can't do this. Yeah, just say no. And that's okay. And as soon as I understood that that's okay, then I was able to then continue to do it for the rest of my life and still do so. Yeah. And obviously you obviously got comfortable saying no, got mm. very comfortable actually, a bit too comfortable, <laughs> but that's another conversation. Um, but yeah. like, how did you start to realize what no actually means? Like, what does that, what did it start to mean to you? Cause it wouldn't have just represented, you know, 
a rejection letter. Yeah, it's yeah. like you learn no has a lot more of a meaning to you. So, exactly. So what is that? What exactly. did that? What did that mean to you? Yeah, and like you said, that the start I used to think it was just a rejection letter. Was saying no was me giving my friendship away. That's mm. what I kind of viewed it as. But now I understand that saying no is actually self care. Saying no is looking out for myself and understanding that you know I have my own needs as well and I got my own things that I want to do. It also goes back to kind of my identity and my values, like who am I at the actual core, and does this what what you're asking me to do or whatever's happened in the situation is it kind of aligned with those values? Because if it doesn't, then you know, one, if you do it, you're kind of doing a disservice to yourself because you understand who you are. If you if you got clear clarity on your values and you do something that's against your value, then you're doing yourself a disservice off the back of that. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that as well, it allows you to stay strong as to who you believe you are, and you can show up in a lot more of a grounded in certain way when you do things and people still off the back of that with all your other actions and things will still be able to kind of get that feel mm-hmm. for you anyway and as soon as i was able to kind of understand that understand what saying those means and not let that you know mean that people are going to take my friendship for granted off the back yeah, of that exactly. then that's how i was able to do it and that's kind of how i still view it yeah and i think that a good strategy that you've really adopted before saying yes or no because i know that like I think that you're a perfect example of this type of thing. Yeah. And I know that this is some the topic that's really, really uh, powerful for you. Yeah. I think that like obviously watching your transition firsthand, yeah. I think a, a big thing that you learned, because I, I think, I do think that initially you started, you know, off the back of it, of saying no, you just started saying no, even to, and you were even saying that you're like, you're saying no to things that you still wanted to do, but you just felt like you would say no so that people wouldn't take advantage of you. Yeah, and yeah. Um, which is normal. I think people do that and then mm. it becomes problematic. Yeah. But I think the big thing that, um, a big strategy I'd love you to share light on and what you what you do currently is you really pause and yeah. you really take your time before giving an answer, whether it's face-to-face, over text, over email, over the phone, whatever it is, you really, really like pause and think about your answer before um, giving that answer to somebody. So, um you know, what's your, th- what's the thought process behind that and how, fa- why is that effective? Yeah, is yeah. it effective? I think it's incredibly effective. And, uh, this, I can't really shine any more light on the strategy cause it's that simple. It's like literally just pause, take a second. And I really, the reason why I found that to be so powerful, cause I used to be very, very reactive. I used to be the type of person I'm like, someone say something, I'm just going to react straight away without being able to kind of like, have any of you guys had that moment where like you're getting into an argument with a friend and yeah. you re- Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but you get into an argument with a or you had an argument with your family, your uh, like a family member, you just have an argument for hours, hours, hours. And then you go up to your shower and you think about like, damn, this argument could have really finished like five minutes ago or like two hours earlier, yeah. but you just kept have entertaining the argument because you felt the need to, it's a yeah, reactive yeah, kind yeah, of process. Yeah. You realize that, well, this could have been done. And you know what, you're actually right. I hear your point. But because we didn't pause in that moment, we didn't give ourselves the ability to be able to process and understand that. And I mm. think that's when I started to realize the power of pausing. And that's not even just in conflict or when you're having a conversation with someone, but that's with everything, yeah, interviews, exactly. public speaking, responding yeah. to your friends, taking that second to pause because in my mm. head, I used to think that two to three seconds to pause is such a long time. Imagine it's going to be that, so awkward. awkward. People are going to hear everything, but it's actually nothing. People don't even realize that mm. you, people, I take a pause or you take a pause. Mm. And I think that as soon as you can practice it, then it becomes a, a great thing because it allows you to answer and do anything from like a, you can kind of analyze subjectively and objectively what you feel is best at the moment. And then you can just kind of just springboard into that without any guilt or anything. So that's exactly. why I love it. And I think that like, like you said, when you're making that pause, 
it's not a million years. Yeah. You're still flowing with the conversations. No exactly. one's going to think that you're thought blocked or anything like that. <laughs> Do you exactly. know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's not that severe, but I think that a big thing that you, you, you mentioned or you touched on was that like, it allows you to make a decision that you're happy with. Mm. And you know that you've made that decision. You didn't just say some shit. Cause exactly. sometimes we say we do, we, we get ourselves in situations like, oh, I feel like I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have ever made that decision. You know what I mean? Cause exactly. like, I didn't think about it, but sometimes like you can, you can, you're like, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm in this shit situation, but I made my bed. You know exactly. what I mean? I chose this right. and I can be, cause you're not always going to make the right decision, but it's like, look, this was my decision. Exactly. And I'm happier with that mm. than I am with just saying, oh, feeling pressured. Oh, mm. okay, fine. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I think it's, it's the big thing about all of this is having that self-awareness to stop having that kind of a, uh, giving yourself the permission in the space mm. to pause and slow down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just really understand that the world isn't going to collapse in two to three seconds. Mm. So absolutely chill out. Exactly. And even just on that, the best way with this going back to, you know, how we set boundaries and this topic of self-care and saying no, is that it all comes down to practice at the end of the yeah, day. Exactly. There's never going to be a day when you feel like I've completely mastered it. You'll be better mm. and you'll be able to recognize the progress, but there's always times that you're going to get triggered. There's going to be another trauma and something that you didn't witness and it will happen from there. So just keep practicing it guys. And you'll be able to get that at the end. Yeah. But on that note, that was an excellent podcast. I hope you guys really, really enjoyed it. We're going to be putting out a lot more better content for you guys to come and listen to. So if you guys want anything, you know where to reach out to us. If you've got any questions that you want us to answer, let us know and we'll go from there. Peace and love. <laughs>